Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmaty, brought to you by lisatarmaty.com. Hi everyone, Lisa Tarmaty here at Pushing the Limits. Today, I have a real treat for you, but before we get underway, I'd just like to encourage you to hop on over to our website and to check out all our flagship programs. We have an online run training academy, Running Hot, it's called. Uh, holistic run training, whether you're doing your first half marathon, marathon, or doing ultra marathons, or even if you're just taking your first steps, check out our system, what we do, and how we can help you achieve your goals. We also have an epigenetics testing program. This is absolutely mind-blowing stuff. Uh, I've just been away actually on the weekend doing some more training um, on this, and this is a personalized health approach. This is taking the last 20 years of hundreds of sciences work from 15 different science disciplines to bring this all together into one online tool that will enable you to get insights into you and your genes like never before. You'll be able to understand exactly what foods to eat, what time of the day you should be eating, what types of exercise work to do, but you'll be learning so much more than just food and exercise. It's all about how your brain works, what hormones are dominant in your body and what effects these will have and what time of the day these are are happening. You'll get information about uh, what types of work you'll be good at, what times of the day you should be doing different types of activities, just insights that will absolutely change your life and blow your mind. Uh, I'm really, really excited about this epigenetics program because it's no longer a one-size-fits-all approach, which it has been throughout history up until this point of time. Now we can look at who you are, how your genes are expressing, and give you personalized recommendations. So that's our second flagship program. And the third one we have is Mindset You, which is all about developing mental toughness, uh, a strong mindset so that you can achieve the things in life that you want to without all the problems getting in the way and stopping you reaching your potential. So check those all out at lisatarmaty.com. Now, today I have Dr. Rob Bell on the show, and he is from Indianapolis in the United States. And Dr. Rob is an author, a coach, and a speaker. He's trained hundreds of executives and athletes at all levels and across all sports. He's the author of six books and he's soon to bring out his seventh and you're going to get so much value out of today's show. So without further ado, I'd like you to introduce you to Dr. Rob Bell. And one last thing before I go, please, please, please give the show a rating and review. If you enjoy the content, it really helps the show get exposure uh, and really helps our ratings on iTunes, etc. So I'd really, really appreciate you doing that. Right, over to Dr. Bell. Everybody, Lisa Tamati here at Pushing the Limits. Fantastic to have you with me again on the show. Um, we've got a very exciting guest. We've got Dr. Rob Bell all the way from Indianapolis in the United States with me today. So h- welcome to the show, Dr. Rob. Awesome. Oh, to have thanks, you. Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Lisa, for having me. So uh, Rob and I have connected via LinkedIn, as you do these days. Um, and I have uh, delved into uh, Rob's work and what he's done, and he's a mental toughness coach and an author and a speaker, Um, someone who speaks my language, obviously, Um, and I just loved what he was doing in his work, so I wanted to share that with you 
guys in my audience um, and to maybe get some insights from Dr. Rob about uh, about mental toughness and he works with uh, a whole lot of different types of athletes from corporate to golf to, to NFL, I think, or um, you'll be able to share. So, Dr. Rob, welcome to the show um, and thanks for being here. So, tell us Absolutely. a little bit about yourself. Oh, I mean, well, thanks so much for the introduction and, I mean, again, we connect over LinkedIn and I was like, wow, like this this lady's amazing. Like, look at all the races she's done. So anybody doing like those ultra marathons, like Badwater, like yourself and, uh, you know, the Saab there in the Sahara, I mean, I'm, I'm all about, I mean, I've just, um, I mean, my, my whole life is, is just dedicated, I think just to helping people get to where they want to go. So it's just being the coach and, and, you know, as well as I do, I mean, the, the greatest satisfaction I think we get as a coach is just being that small part and that piece of, you know, I think what we're always trying to get is just that one moment, that that one point in our lives, and I call them these hinge moments, where we don't know what it looks like, but if we can make that small difference in that person's life, so helping them connect with who they are, with who they're going to become. And I always preach, and I know you you're in the same vein, but you know, no matter how bad things are in our life, it only takes one. It takes that one moment, that one person that one event to make all the difference and that's why i just love doing what i do so i mean i've been blessed enough to just always kind of follow that passion and uh, to leave me here to the podcast today so i'm excited <laughs> absolutely and you actually have well you have seven books or six books and the seventh one on the mm -hmm. way is that right um yeah, that's right. your books is called the hinge i know yes um and so this is all about hinge moments in sport is that right so what do you it mean is. by hinge well, so I say like every door has a hinge. So if you hear about doors opening and closing in life, that's because of the hinge. Mm. If you hear of a rusty door, it's not the door that's rusty at all. It's the hinge that gets rusty. And so all I say is uh, every, you know, a, a door without a hinge is a wall. It just doesn't work. And so what the hinge is, the hinge is going to be that one person. It's going to be that one moment or one event, sometimes that one decision that makes all the difference in our lives. We just don't know when that's coming. We can't connect the dots in our life looking forward. We can only connect the dots looking backwards and seeing the impact of that one person or that one moment made in our life. And when it comes to you know, mental toughness, like I said, it, it only takes one. Now, we might not know the hinge connects sometimes to weeks, months, years later, the impact of one person saying, you can't do it, you're not going to be good enough. Or one decision or that one person that we that we met that connected us to somebody else. And since we can't know when that moment's coming, that's the importance of being present and not taking any day off and making sure that every moment that we do and every person that we meet matters because it does, because we don't know when that moment's going to happen. Wow. And that's, that's the real point about the hinge. That's a real insight. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about this. That's just opened up my mind to a new way of thinking. I hadn't thought about that at all as being, I was sort of thinking hinge moments, those, you know, crucial moments in, in, in the sporting event where, you know, it either went left or it went right and you succeeded. Right. But you're saying that opportunities uh, are going to come towards us, these opportunities, but we don't know or see them necessarily as really important, pivotal points. And if we're not paying attention and if we're not out there actively looking for these hinge moments, uh, then we're going to miss them and miss opportunities in our lives, basically. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a lot of, the, a lot of these come when we're, when we're not even ready for them. Um, yeah. 
you know, in one of the half Ironmans that I did, I mean, one of the hinge moments was somebody to stop to change my tire for me. And I had no idea even what I was doing in the race, how to change a tire. And that changed my entire life, just that one moment. Wow. And we're going to have several hinge moments throughout our lives. But I think that's the real importance. And, and that's the part that I really think is, is so crucial is no matter how bad our situation is, right? No matter how bleak an outcome looks, no matter what, it only takes one. Yeah. That's what we're getting yeah, actually, I, I, I re- uh, listened to that little video on your website about mm-hmm. that moment. So Dr. Rob was in a, in a half Ironman. It was one of your early first ones, I believe, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. No? I mean, I, signed, I yeah. signed up with no training at all. Yeah, and then suddenly your, your tire gives out, and then you're standing on the side of the road going, ah, can't, what do I do? And you're disappointed. Oh, yeah. People are riding past you as they do in a race. Yep. And then some nice person decided to sacrifice basically their position in the race to help you out, help you change the tyre and get you back on the road. And prior to that, what was your way of thinking before and and what was it afterwards? Well, I mean, I think, like, people don't think, people don't do things to us. They do things for themselves. It's kind of the two-by-four principle. And no matter what, no matter what the kind of situation is, I mean, it was – it wasn't like I was a bad person, but when it comes to racing, hmm. you do the absolute best that you can. Yep. I asked myself then the question, when this guy stopped, and I would tell people about this, what I have stopped. And the answer to that point, Lisa, was no, I wouldn't have stopped. I wouldn't even have thought about it. But once he stopped, then I started exploring then other professional examples of why would other people stop their own race? And what was it about these individuals that they got that I didn't get? And so now every race that I go into isn't focused really on how I do. Every race is who am I going to be able to help? And then it's one of the things I just kind of pray about. Put me in a situation where I can help somebody. And so then the whole viewpoint changes. And the reason why is because, you know, we can't help out others in life without also helping out ourselves. And that's the part that we never get. I mean, if anybody has volunteered before, it's a perfect example. We volunteered. No one leaves volunteer situations helping out kids at a hospital saying, boy, those kids are so lucky that I was here to help them. (laughs) We we say the opposite, right? We say, boy, those kids helped me more than I ever helped them. And why is that? What did they give us? Well, they gave us perspective, right? They gave us an appreciation of gratitude for our own problems. I'd gladly take that stuff. And we cannot help out others without also helping out ourselves. That's the point about getting outside of our own head. If we can just focus on other people, that's how we get outside of our own head. And that's how we help ourselves at the same time. So it's, you know, I think it was like Gandhi or Arthur Ashe that said it, you know, one of the most selfish things you can do is to help somebody else. Wow. That's real. That's really insightful. And I tell you what, if you're getting into ultra marathons now uh, of late and you've got a hundred mile, um, was it, you, you said you're hoping to do next year. Yeah, hundred mile coming up this year. Yep. Yeah. What? What? I. One of the things I love about ultra marathons, and this is perhaps changing slowly, but it's very much not about the winners. It's 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 different to say Ironmans where it's really competitive and, and crazy. Most people are doing ultras because they have a personal challenge that they're trying to overcome themselves. It's it's you know me versus me sort of situation for most of the people. The top couple of percent are going for the placings, but for most people understand it's all about survival and getting to the finish line some which way. 
And the, the moments that I've had in my sport where I've been literally, people have saved my lives, people have helped me, I've helped other people in yeah. critical situations where you're in dire straits. I mean, one comes to mind, I was running across Niger, uh, a 333k race, um, terribly organised, one of the most poorest, most dangerous countries on earth, um, civil war going on. I got food poisoning an hour into the race, passing out, really deep trouble. And one of the other girls comes past me in the race, um, you know, I'm alone, unconscious in the sand. She gets me, you know, wakes me up, gets me up, warms me up, stays with me, gets me on my feet, drags my ass into the next checkpoint, you know, and it took a good couple of hours that she lost out of that in a, in a race that's, you know, on the edge of crazy. Um, and that, that's sort of a sacrifice for someone that she didn't even know you know, she'd met two days before and was just phenomenal, you know, and it's those sorts of moments that you think, wow, this is more than just about did I get to the finish line or not. Um, this I is love about, that. This is about humanity and this is about, and, you know, you when you when you go outside of yourself and you, you might be suffering in an ultra somewhere, right, and you're just like, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to get there, and then you come across someone who's in worse shape, Tell you what, you like focus fully on them, and you'll forget that you're suffering. And then yep. an hour or two will go by, and you'll go like, "Where did my pain go?" It's it's absolutely amazing how when you focus on someone else, your own suffering disappears or diminishes. So, absolutely, and that's that's the point. Like when we're stuck inside our own head, that's when we're behind enemy lines. <laughs> Yeah. The only way to get out by enemy lines is turn your thoughts towards helping somebody else. I mean, think about it, right? When, when we start encouraging others in those races, we're encouraging ourselves at the same time. So true. Yeah. yeah. It is. So that's the, so if anybody wants to get actually any of your books, where do they go? Do they just go to drrobbell.com or have that? Well, I always think that's the best way. Yeah. Drrobbell.com. And um, there's so always that a one's the books. Um, mm-hmm. And the book also, no one gets their gets there alone is also yeah. based on that sort of a story. Uh, that was the, um, that was the story of the half iron man and, yep. and the guy stopping to change my tire. Absolutely. Yeah. And nobody does get there alone in life in general. We all need a team of people and we all need to stand on each other's shoulders, so to speak, to, to, to reach the top. So yes. Dr. Rob, um, tell us a little bit about now your, your work with the athletes that you work with, um, um, and some examples, perhaps, of, of amazing experiences that you've had and things that you've seen uh, in your time as a coach. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Big question. You know, I, yeah, I was... I mean, I was, I was blessed enough to know early on in my life this is what I wanted to do. And I got into the field because I was the athlete that would always think too much. And no one, no one could ever help me out, Lisa. And everyone would always say, hey, those butterflies will go away. Well, playing baseball, they never went away for me. And, um, you know, I had a really, I had a hinge moment when I got to college. And that was because I was partying way too much. I thought I could play baseball and party in college. It'd be the best. No accountability. What could go wrong? Yeah. And I, and I fell off an 80-foot cliff in college and, you know, fractured my back, broke my arm. And that was the end of sport. And wow. Yeah, that was a hinge moment in my life because from that moment on now, everything was different. If that didn't happen, I don't know if I would have taken that psychology class. I don't know if I would have had that one professor who had just spoke right to my soul and I knew what I want to do with my life. Wow. And, 
you know, always, always being the ultimate sports honk and that it didn't matter what it was, but if we're trying to do something to the best that we can, um, I just discovered early on that everyone needs a coach and there's all these demons that I think get in the way of us trying to reach greatness and in, in what we're doing. And really as a coach and, and you know, as well as I do, I mean, it, it does take a team and there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts to it. And our job is to point out the blind spots in people's lives. Um, I think there's many ways and many routes up to that mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not one route. No. And um, boy, just going along the, the journey with the athletes and helping them get to where they want to go has just been an absolute blessing. I mean, you know, with any coach, I mean, there's two types of coaches, those that have been fired and those that will be fired. <laughs> you know, I've been fired before, you know, so I've been at the lowest of lows. I mean, when in, in the highest of highs, um, you know, our job as coaches sometimes is to work ourselves out of a job. <laughs> yes. That's not the, that's not the best business model. I don't know somebody, I don't know somebody selling insurance that wants to come in there and be like, boy, I don't really think you need me anymore as insurance sales. <laughs> that, so if we're trying to work ourselves out of a job because, you know, we're trying to build them up in their capacity, uh, you're going to get fired. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> there's just so many examples. I mean, it's just, um, I, I really just focus on the office that we have and what's the office. So my office is the swimming pool. Yep. My office is, you know, is there going to be that golf course? Sometimes it's that executive board, but other times, I mean, it's, uh, um, you know, it's the racetrack. It's, it's going to be, um, you know, on, uh, you know, at the tennis match. I mean, yep. that's, that's the best part. It's just what the office looks like. So you, you, you train coach, uh, train athletes and corporate executives. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in all types of sports, what are the, some of the biggest things that, in general now, people are struggling with? Like, is there a couple of essential themes that people just keep coming back to that you see again and again as being a major problem for people on average? Sure. So I think when, whenever we hit a new level, there's going to be a new devil. <laughs> and so a lot of the difficulty is when we get like that success and how do we deal with that? If, if I'm going to boil it down into what I think like the essential mental skills come. I mean, obviously the building block of all mental toughness is, is going to be that motivation, right? It's going to be that persistence as gets back to our, why, you know, your goals, your, how are we willing to do the things that we don't want to do? Yeah. Um, after that, then it comes into confidence and I mean, confidence that, that trust, that belief in ourselves and what we're trying to do, there has to be that belief. I believe that everyone has that, but it just gets really muted throughout our lives a lot of times when we're listening then to that wrong voice. When I think it comes to confidence, what I believe is that we have to adapt the philosophy that it all works out in the end. If it hasn't, then you know what? It's just not the end. <laughs> um, and that's, that's a big part of what people uh, suffer with. I think another one then, it comes back to then focus. Like how do we build our confidence to what we're focused on? Are we focused on uh, the excitement or we focused on being nervous. If we focus on being excited physiologically, like it's the same exact thing, right? Like we, our palms get sweaty. Like we get real angry, you know, yeah. our stomach gets rolling. Our thoughts are a lot, but boy, is that nervous or is that excited? Because I think it's excited. It means I want to be in this situation. Something good can happen. Being nervous means I don't want to be in this situation. This is a threat. 
Wow. And then it's, and then being able to train our mind to focus on everything is an opportunity. That's how we build a confidence in ourselves. And then that, and then I think that last skill. So we got the, the motivation, the confidence, the focus. And then I think that last mental skill, which I suck at, is how do we let go of mistakes? Oh, you yeah. Know, yep. if, you show me, if you show me an athlete that can let go of mistakes, I will show you somebody that's mentally tough. Mm-hmm. So I like to say this. Our confidence, focus is how we build our confidence. How we refocus just reveals the level of confidence. Wow. What I mean by that, if you show me an athlete that makes mistakes and still stays cool, calm, and collected, well, what they're really saying is, I don't need everything to go my way in order to be successful. And we know bad stuff's going to happen, right? But it's all about how we adjust from that. Mm -hmm. If you show me an athlete that loses his or her cool when stuff starts going bad, I'm going to show you somebody that never had any confidence to begin with. Right. And then they got to play the mental gymnastics and not as well as competing against themselves. That's where it's really tough. And as you said, this is a, a journey even for you as a mental toughness coach. It's not like it's, it's an easy thing. We've got it once and we've, we're away laughing and we're never, ever going to have a problem again. It doesn't quite work like that, does it? No, man. People, are, people make more fun of me when I get upset because it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, I thought you were supposed to be good at this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I have moments too when I'm, I'm thinking, you know, you just watch your own behavior sometimes and you're going, hang on a minute, this isn't cool, and I'm glad no one's watching. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the point, right, is I don't think we were really made to coach ourselves. I think we need others to coach us. Very, very good point. It's hard to get out of your own forest and see the trees you, when you're mm-hmm. in the middle of it, and someone who has a third you know, perspective on you uh, can give you a lot of more insight into your behaviors that you're not actually even seeing. And I really love that challenge versus threat. I have that in my, you know, uh, things that I talk about. I call the challenge versus the threat and changing your, because it actually changes your physiology. When you're standing at the start of a massive race and you start to feel fear and start to feel nervous and, oh, my God, have I trained enough? And all of those things that are going to be absolutely no good to you, they're not going to help you in your performance then by changing the narrative in your story about, like you said, exciting opportunity, this is amazing, what a, you know, what a chance to have, that releases actual hormones in your body. You get more testosterone, you get more that bold feeling rather than the nerves, and that can just change your perspective. Uh, and it's a subtle change sometimes. It's not you know, like a massive thing, but it'd be enough just to get you over the line and get you going. And we all know like that waiting around for a race can be the worst time. Once you're actually underway and you're 5Ks in, it's like, right, I got this. But those nerves at the beginning can be pretty bloody horrible, can't they? And it's, um, I I can imagine with someone like golfers, I don't play golf, but um, the mental toughness, a completely different type of mental toughness, but the ability when all eyes are on you and on the, you know, that one second when you hit the ball, that must have some special challenges in its own. And that's it, because there's so much time in between shots, you know. Yeah. But that's why we need people like you to, to pour in my life and to, to coach me up, because I can't coach myself. <laughs> well, hey, I'd love to help you get to that 100 miler. That would be definitely. Uh, and we can swap some. I, I need some coaching on, on the mental toughness. How do you do this? How do you bring it across better, you know? Because you've obviously been doing this a long time. Seven books, as I said, and lots and lots of athletes who – uh, Olympic athletes and corporate people and, you know, that have really had 
massive success working with you. Um, so that's always exciting to connect with, you know, amazing people. And this is this is one of the selfish reasons I have this podcast is so that I get to meet cool people like you. So this is not all selfless once again. <laughs> right. Um, now you said on your website there was a quote there that I really resonated with. Um, if you only focus on success, then you'll never reach significance. But if you mm-hmm. focus on a, a living a life of significance, then success will follow. Yeah. Beautiful quote. Um, so if you're focused on just winning all the time, just on the money, just on the whatever it is is your goal, that's not going to bring you the joy in life, the actual, uh, the, the, the legacy, if you like. Is that right? Well, it's, it's absolutely true. And the, and the reason why is because, um, well, let's use Mount Everest as an example, right? I mean, the, the year it takes in terms of preparation, the 40, 30 to 40 days of actual hiking, they spend, what, 10, 15 minutes at the top. <laughs> yeah. And when do most of the deaths occur? On the way down from Mount Everest. And so, I mean, if, it's all about the journey. It's all about the process. It's all about who we can help along the way. Um, that's how I think that we get real significance in our life. The fact of, um, you know, even those that hold up the trophy, even those that fly back with a gold medal from the Olympics, there are people that have that feeling, Lisa, of, boy, is that it? Or, okay, okay, now what? Now I've spent my whole life for this and I got it. What now? And what was it? And that's the part, right? The new level, new devil. If, if we focus on other people and making that impact along the way of our journey, then that's how we just focus on, you know, success is going to happen from us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the part of just being able to focus on that process and be able to make that impact. Um, those with elite athletes, I mean, there, there has to be selfishness there because yep. of how much time it takes. But at the same time, how can we help others along that journey and, and using our skill and our craft and our God-given talent to, to help others? That's how, we get that, that's how we get that significance. Yeah, and so it's not just about that gold medal. And, and most people who, who have a gold medal or something massive, a success, will also understand that it wasn't them alone that got them there, um, unless they're, you know, egomaniacs. But um, most of them will understand that this was a team effort, you know, and this was, um, and like you say, and so we're not all going to be Olympic gold medalists. We're not all going to be world champions. So it's defining success and significance as well. Like the significance for me, like I want to have, and I, you're obviously the same, want to have an impact on, on many, many lives and change lives with the knowledge that we have and help people through their journey and help them avoid uh, the problems and the, you know, fast track them to, to success and help them reach their full potential. And yeah. therein lies the significance uh, more than the a couple of finish lines that I've, you know, reached or the podiums that I've managed to reach and the medal that's hanging on the wall. Um, that's all great stuff. But at the end of the day, I think you and I, at least um, when we get to the end of our days, want to look back and go, wow, I did all right. I helped a lot of people and I made a big impact in the world and I left a legacy. And these are, these are words that I think, um, you know, 
are really, really important for us to have in our vocabulary and to be thinking about. It's not just the individual moment. It's not the selfish endeavour. And I mean, as an athlete, I was when I look back over my younger career and stuff, I was selfish to the point of, you know, I didn't understand I was selfish, but I expected everyone else to do a dance around my mission. You know, I was very mission orientated um, and very focused, and that was the only thing in the world that was important. And I understand now that that created a lot of sacrifice on the behalf of, of other people had to mm-hmm. sacrifice for me to get there. Um, and, you know, you do need that single-mindedness to, to achieve those sort of things. Um, but understanding now as a bit more older person that you um, that isn't the only marker of success either. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, Dr. Rob, who, um, what book are you working on at the moment and what are some of the other sort of t- mental toughness tricks that you can help people uh, give people, you know, there are a lot of people suffering out there. There are a lot of people with lacking massive self-confidence and self-belief. Um, they've been told perhaps their whole lives that they're not good enough, that they're not the right shape, they're not the right height, they're not the right whatever to be good at something. Have you got any words of wisdom for them? Sure. I mean, the, well, the next book that I'm working on, it's called Puke and Rally. How, how champions adjust. And I know you get this one because you've thrown up in races too as well. Yeah. And it's not, a, it, yeah, it's not about the puke. It's about the rally. <laughs> and the fact of, you know what, everyone in our life, everyone has puked. So no matter what, everyone has had setbacks. Everyone has had failures. They are inevitable. That is going to happen. The only way to do it is to sit on the sidelines of life and then you just live a completely different life. You know, if you want to be in the game, there's going, to be, there's going to be setbacks. And I believe, and if anybody listening that, that resonates with this, that it's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. Yeah. That's, that's what matters. So yeah. it's about the rally. It's about how we rally. On your point, I believe this is uh, everyone that has reached high levels of success was told, you can't do it. That's a dumb idea. Don't try it. Why is that? Because I haven't come across anybody that's achieved anything that has it. You know, you, especially with your mom, were told by doctors, there's no way that that person's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And what does it do? Well, it galvanized. Yes, it, it has proved people wrong, and I'm going to prove them wrong and that motivation. Mm-hmm. But it also has, like, in order to do something, you better believe in yourself. Yep. And so if we listen, I mean, we got to really thank the people that say you can't do it. <laughs> because they're the ones that are given us that, that are going to galvanize our own spirit, our own soul, and our own confidence towards achieving that goal. And no matter what, it's going to be there. Um, now, I think it's really difficult to like coach that way. You know, you can't coach that way. I mean, but I do it all the time. Sometimes I can, in short situations, tell my pro golfers, well, there's, there's no way you get this ball up and down to say par. And you know what it does? Watch me, right? I'll, sh- I'll show you. Yeah. And that's the point is who is it that tells you you can't do it? And then what's the other voice say? What's that true voice? Because like I said, I believe everybody has that confidence muscle. It's there. You know, it just sometimes gets muted so much in our life. But what yeah. is that voice really saying? And allow that voice instead to be able to come out. Um, you know, a lot of times what I think is we as individuals, I mean, we, we hear that voice that we were as a nine-year-old kid, you know, from our dad saying, you know, 
How could you strike out? Yep. How could you mess up? And then that's the voice that we got in our head. Well, if that's the voice in our head, then what's the real voice that we want? And that's, that's the key is just allowing that real voice to then be able to come out. And, and sometimes, you know, we got to be able to tell ourselves and yell at ourselves rather than just listen to it. Yeah. And, and, and this is, and we've all had those naysayers in our life. Uh, and I know in my life, I wouldn't have got there in any of the things I did if I didn't have those people. And if I wasn't trying to prove something, and some people might say that that's a negative motivation, but I actually think that this is a really powerful uh, tool that we can use to really fire the furnaces, to push through those hard times, those obstacles, those times when you want to give up and you think about those people who said you couldn't do it and you're like, no, I'm going to keep going even though it's painful and I want to quit, I'm going to keep on going. Um, And I think that that's a really powerful. And what you said about the nine-year-old child, we all have this inner child, this, I believe, this, this kid who took on stuff without filtering it, which has landed in our subconscious and then become a part of our, our thinking mechanisms. You know, and we were repeatedly told as kids, and often these were teachers or parents or whatever, that were just having a bad day, you know, like, but they were telling you things. Um, and, and they weren't perfect. But when you hear this repeatedly, it becomes a part of your subconscious programming. And when that becomes the, the, the voice that says, you're useless at sport, you're too dumb to go to university, you're too this whatever it was that was programmed into your brain, then as an adult, you've got a, a heck of a job to over, override that inner subconscious thinking. Um, is there some ways that you've found to get around that, that programming that we had as kids when it was just put into our subconscious without us even thinking about it? Yeah. The best thing we can do is tell ourselves rather than listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and what I mean by that is you got to tell yourself what it is that you're going to do here. When you tell yourself, then you commit to it. When you commit to it, it gets done. Too often, if we listen to it, then we hear that, well, that voice in the back of my head. You got to tell that voice sometimes where to go and that it doesn't have a vote in this kind of situation here. Like confidence. Yeah. Confidence and doubt. Like they live in the same house, but it's confidence is house. Doubt is a squatter. Like it just lives there rent free. (laughs) Well, if there's somebody that overstays their welcome, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them where to go. Right. At least I'm going to say like, look, it's been a little bit too long. Why don't you just hit the road? Yeah. 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 But, but we think, you know, that doubt that that has a right to live there. And that's the part is, Tell yourself what you're going to do. Don't listen to yourself. Yeah, and program the stuff that you want in there. So whether that's through affirmations and self-hypnosis and being around people who are positive, getting the support, the coaching, the mentors, the the tribe of people that tell you you can, all these things will help you slowly reassess who you are and what you're capable of. Um, that, and that brings me to the point, you know, the five, um, you have it on your website too, uh, the five people that you hang around with the most, I think it was something, something around there, um, is who, who you will become. Um, and I think this is also a very important point that we need to bring up. Well, I mean, we, we are. We're, um, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So true. I mean, if, if you want a higher net worth, you've got to hang out with people that have a higher net worth. It's just, it's so important because the mindset's different. You know, they, the conversations are different. Um, you know, if, if you look at any kind of 
any kind of sport team. I mean, I'll take baseball, for instance. But, I mean, well, I mean, let's just look at the All Blacks, right? The starters are hanging out with the starters all the time. Those yep. that are sitting on the bench and not playing, they're hanging out with one another because the conversations are different. And, you know, I love the All Blacks when it comes to the culture because, man, they're focused on the, the team. And, boy, I mean, I don't know how many little kids are, are there that aren't thinking, boy, I want to be one of them. Oh, yeah. Every you know? kid. <laughs> and that's the part. I mean, we've got to be able to hang around uh, successful people and winners. Yeah. Not people that we're better than just so we can feel good about ourselves. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. They were yeah, playing yeah. a comparison game and that doesn't work. Yeah, so when you hang around people that you're actually at the top of the class in, if you like, then you're not going to learn. But when you're hanging around people who challenge you, who stretch you, who scare the hell out of you sometimes, um, those are the ones that are going to help you change and develop and grow. So pick your tribe carefully is a, is, a, is a hugely important message to take away from that one and get the coaching you need and get the support that you need around you so that those naysayers, when they come calling, and they will come calling, don't have the control in your mind. And when you do have those naysayers, well, then you use that as fuel to overcome. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you find ways to, to, to get there. Um, so, Dr. And, Robert, and, and, this is, and this is the point, Lisa, like, and I need you to, I need somebody. Show me somebody that, that reached success that did not have somebody that said you can't do it. Yeah. Maybe there is, but I haven't seen it yet. No, we've all had those people. I mean, yeah, I've had them all the way through my life. And, and they can be your family. Absolutely. They can be your best friends. And it's not to say they're not good people. There may be reasons why they're saying this to you. I know uh, with you know, parts of my family, it was like fear for you because they're scared that you're going to get hurt, you know, or yep. that you're going to fail and what happens then and, so they can be well-meaning naysayers, but they can still be naysayers. And we have to get ourselves away from that and listen to the people who've done it, listen to the people who tell you you can do it and that you're going to get there and give you the path to get on your way. And that's why I no think question. really, really important. I wanted to just talk a little bit about scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset and why yeah. in this competitive world that we live in, um, you know, we don't have to be – well, if I help that person, I mean, classic example, two mental toughness coaches, right? We could be going, oh, I'm not talking to him because he's competition, you know? Or I can go, wow, he's got insights that I don't have and perhaps I have insights that you don't have. And we can, You sure do. Yeah, we can, we can learn from each other and we can grow. And that's a, that's a classic example of the mindset we both have, which is an abundance mindset and not a scarcity mindset. Do you see a lot of the other? Do you see a lot of the scarcity mindset? And how do you... I mean, you know, I think we all possess it. I still possess it. You know what I mean? I, I think true success, true success is when we can root for everybody. Because then what that means is, is you know, and I, I grew up uh, sometimes where I would go to my wife's, um, you know, Thanksgiving and they'd have these meals. Well, this is a big Italian family. And if you don't get in there, that's going to be gone. <laughs> Well, right. You well, that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so if we approach life that way, then what we're saying is, is that there's one piece of pie for me. And if I don't get that piece of pie, then it's gone. Look, there's the being able to root for everybody means that I can still have my slice and you can be successful too. Being able to root for everybody is true success because it means just because that person's successful doesn't mean I can't be successful too. 
And then we're not playing a zero-sum game. Then we're playing a game of abundance. And then just the game changes. You know, we're playing on a different one. Um, That's the part where I kind of look at, like, how often am I rooting for other people? And if not, then I'm coming from the point of scarcity. The real part about that and the scary part is then that's what I start projecting to other people. Only when I can get that abundance mindset um, in here, then then I'm able to give that away. Yeah, without being... These are my little precious gems when no one else is getting them and having that mindset of I have to hold everything in and my knowledge or my whatever it is, skills or whatever, is a scarce thing. It isn't just about one one pie and there's only one slice for you. It's actually lots of pies when you start looking. (laughs) And and I think just adopting that attitude in life makes you uh, a more generous and caring human being for other people. so, Dr. Rob, thank you very much for all of these insights today. I really appreciate your time, and, and I hope we'll get to have a few more sessions. Like, personally, I'd love to um, oh, yeah. swap notes and, and maybe work on an idea or two with you. And um, Dr. Rob also has his own podcast. Can you tell us where people can, can listen to your show and what it's called? Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness, uh, either on my website, drrobbell.com, or, uh, or Apple. Um, and, man, I, I look forward to having you as a guest on there, too. Or, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, because your book that'll be coming out, I think, is fantastic, and that would be great. No, it'd be absolutely fantastic to do that, and I can't wait to do to do a few things with you, Doctor Rob. I'm very glad that I found you on LinkedIn. It's been fantastic, and I'm sure that my listeners will have gotten a lot out of today. So I really appreciate that, DrRobBell.com. Six books, seventh on the way. Go and check those books out. There's also a 30-day challenge on on Dr. Rob's website. Um, Make sure you check that one out as well. Uh, And if you've got any questions, I'm sure Dr. Rob will help you uh, if you've got got anything that you want to know from him. So please reach out to him. Have you got an Instagram handle or a a Facebook or anything? I I do. It's, um, you know, with with Twitter and Instagram, it's just D-R-R-O-B-B-E-L-L, Dr. Rob Bell. Easy. So, Dr. Rob, thank you very much for your time today, and we'll be in touch again soon. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.